Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs of the video game world. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you wish to support this grassroots independent endeavour, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital and join the community. Hashtag hand in pocket this time i'm once again joined by the reigning one-time fgl grand prix winner the resident referee logan how's it going yeah good as always delighted to join you with our coffees first thing to discuss this week's gaming news sounds disingenuous now definitely genuine and you can't this is what throws me about disingenuous can you be ingenuous? Uh, so disingenuous means not true. Yeah. Are you just genuous? Genuine? Uh, langu- I don't know. What? I don't know where to go on the other side of that. Language ain't my strong point. Never has been. Nor is maths. Or math. But people get wound up about that these days. Why can't you have more than one math? Don't know. Why is more than one math math? Don't know. What do, you th- what do you think, audience? Math or maths? And then where are you from? Because I think that matters. It feels like... If you're American, math is more... You do math. Yeah, I don't care. I don't do maths or math anymore. Calculators sorted that out a long time ago. I don't know why we was fucking about of it for so long. Algebra and all that crap. And then with the advent of computers and smartphones, you literally don't need it. And do you know what? Do you know what? I don't even use a calculator now because I don't know how to do the sums on a calculator for percentages. <laughs> I'll just ask Google. Yeah. It'll fucking tell you. So I've got that lazy, that, that piece of knowledge that I learnt when I was 13... Has been flushed away because it's not required. Because old Google will tell me. Calculator.net. That's yeah. what I do. I go on there and I go, "What's the increase from this <laughs> to that?" Goes there. I go, "Right, thank you." Well, Next. You, you've now got this Chat GPT lurking. I don't know if you've seen that—the sort of AI thing that's being plugged into Bing and whatnot—and it's a powerful tool. You could ask that basically yeah. anything, and it will come out and give a. I reckon always been there. I reckon all these like chat rooms that you used to have back in the day were just an early version of ChatGPT. I don't reckon you were ever like matched or anything with randomers. I reckon it's, <laughs> it's just, just some bot sitting in the there. background. Yeah, just some fucking bot. Might have been. May well have been. Anyway, Logan did erroneously say that we're going to talk about the gaming news, but actually it's quite light this week. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I and I have also said out loud that I want to move away from that where possible. So Logan's trying to drag us back into the doldrums of controversy and toxicity, because that's all that seems to be these days. But um, we've got a good show lined up for you, I believe. I believe we always do. So you should be tuning in and subscribing where you like, whether it's on the Facebook, you can like the page. Whether it's on your podcast app, you can subscribe. YouTube. I mean, really, the long-term goal for YouTube is to get that up to 1,000 subscribers, but that's real slow going. Um, Because at that stage, you can monetize it. And then we could make one penny per month, potentially, out of it. So one penny is better than no pennies, I say. Anyway, enough of that waffle. Now, the undisputed way to start a podcast is, of course, delay news. And I haven't come up with 
what the opposite of that is. We're talking about disingenuous, what the opposite of that is. What happens when a game's brought forward? Because that's what I've got to I'll just kick things off today. It's a game that has got a new release date that's sooner than was anticipated or had they communicated. Can we come up with a term now or do we just take that offline? You know, you know that sometimes these calls get where people are just waffling for the sake of it not resolving things and you're like, why don't you just yeah. go away and sort that out? Is that the situation here? Yeah, I don't subscribe. If it, Honestly, if anyone ever says, let's take it offline, I just leave the call. Yeah. Because uh, it's one of those things I'm just like, why just say, let's talk about it after. Yeah. Um, but I can't really, I mean, what, brought forward news? I, I don't know. Mm. It's, there's no real catchy one word that I can immediately think no, of. No, or a little phrase. Life. I'll tell you what, there's someone who sometimes listens, McWomble. He's usually quite good with language. The challenge is for him to come up with a term that's as snappy as delay news for the opposite. And in this case, for the context, Dead Island 2 changes its release date once again. It's now a week earlier. Dan Buster Studios revealed that Dead Island 2 will now make its zombie riddle debut a week earlier than previously announced. This is from Eurogamer. And uh, the new note to make in your diary is 21st of April, 2023. And why is that relevant to us? Well, it's in Biff's Fantasy Gaming League Grand Prix team. So he'll be pleased with that. So originally, this was February the 3rd. Then it went to April the 28th. Now it's April the 21st. So that's the diary. I don't know what they've... That doesn't fill me with confidence. It's like, what are you doing over there? You've gone... Backwards, forwards, backwards. Well, this game has also been in development from various studios for nearly a decade now. So just get it out there. Yeah, it? maybe it is one of those. But just get it out there. For those that are interested, it'll be coming a week earlier. So you may well be happy with that. Bit of housekeeping. Complaints circling that we didn't slag Nintendo off because they've raised their game prices to $70. When... Xbox and Phil were called out a week early for doing it. Now, it's a good point in many aspects, but as far as my research and knowledge has given me, they actually haven't raised the price in the UK. So we're the same as it was. 60 UK pans is still the going rate. So it's not gone up to 70 UK pans. So Tears of the Kingdom, you can buy for 59.99 on the store, and that was the same price as Breath of the Wild. So this is one of the rare occasions where... The Americans have been stung with a $70 surcharge, an extra $10, and we've been left alone for once. Well, I mean, it's arguably in the pipeline, because what, mm. what happens over there usually dollars. Um, but take it, take what you can get. Yep. That's what you can do. I'll, if you're interested in Tears of the Kingdom in the UK, I, I would just recommend yeah. just securing it at whatever price it is now just in case because you, you, you don't you do never know and nintendo have come out and said this isn't the case for every single game they release it will be on a case by case basis so actually in some ways it'll be fascinating to track that and see what they they deem worthy of this new premium price tag but um not affecting us on these shores here fortunately fgl update Big yep. one this this time around because there's been three games that have managed to drop and come out. Um, let's start with Salmon's got two of them. So let's start with Old Salmon. How do you pronounce this bloody game? Theat Rhythm Final Bar Line. Is that right? I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, it's landed in Salmon's Grand Prix team. Eighty-seven. Well, and that's a number has ten he pick. Out? 
is what I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did say to me that'll score well, and I thought, well, he's probably right because that is the sort of game that isn't typically given just to any old rookie. That'll go to someone who likes the games. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I like those, thanks. Oh, 9 out of 10, there you go. Some sort of bias, some might say, but I wouldn't like to throw that sort of mud. Well, concerning when that comes out, but that's... Just on that point, I just want to derail it slightly because I like to do this to you. What do you think is the right thing to do? Like, because when you're reviewing games like that, Mm. if you get we've talked about this before around horror games it's like if you give me a horror game I ain't going to enjoy it yeah. but should you give certain games to people that like certain games because arguably they'd be more favourable how do you find a neutral objective ground to get in a game reviewed mm. like what's the because it's a tricky one it is um, ideally I mean look, I know I, no, I know what the answer is ideally you yeah have multiple people that review the same game and there's a consensus or a an average taken. If you're going to do scores, or you just get yeah. two people in a room to have a chat and do it that way, in the absence of that, given these the, a lot of these sites do use a 10-point scale or, or five stars or whatever, you absolutely should get someone who's a fan of it and someone who's familiar and not familiar. And then ideally, you maybe you'd have a third person in there. But that's a lot of resource and a lot of money. Goes for a QC. Well, it's an American um, site that do it. I think it's Famitsu. They I think they have four or five people that review it and give it this. They give it a score. I think it's four actually. They give it a score out of ten. Then it gets a score out of forty. Yeah. And it's like, can it get you know forty out of forty? And uh, you know, some say suspect. It kind of gets like either an average or a median score then, hmm. rather than a. But that's the way know, to do it, isn't it? I don't. Yeah. I, and in absence of that, I think in the review you have to state. It goes back to why we do cars on the table. What's your history? What's your history with the franchise, the developer, the genre? Is there anything relevant to your playthrough? Are you completely new to it? Because I think that's important also so that someone listening or reading goes, okay, this person's not in the same boat as me. I need to take that into consideration. Or you stumble across someone, they're like, oh, I've never played Feet Rhythm Final Bar Line or any of the other games. This guy hasn't either. So this is going to be an interesting litmus test. I think that's yeah. important as well. But then how many words do they want to waste given their backstory about their gaming history? Probably not, but that's the advantage of doing podcasting is there's no real time limit. You can just waffle and sort things out and talk things through. That's my answer. What do you think? Comprehensive answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, you'd... you know, it, I guess in a similar way that we do sometimes when we talk through game reviews, my gaming preferences are often quite different to yours. Mm. So when we play the same game, sometimes it's interesting to see whether we both had similar experiences or different ones. I mean, largely, I'd say that we're, we're usually semi-aligned on our thinking. I don't think we drift too far on you know, either side of the line on it. But no. it is interesting to bring that together. And, you know, an example would be getting Biff in a room with someone else. Like we've often have a saying, it's like not a Biff film or not a Biff game. Like yeah. he's got very specific requirements. Um, and if you had someone like Biff reviewing a game, like you'd want to, you'd absolutely want to know the Biff character before you. Yeah, took it. Yeah. So it it does have to be taken in consideration. Of that I think what you said is the ideal way of doing it. I just don't think a lot of people or a lot of companies and reviewers do that. Oh, no, they don't. It's not because it's not realistic either. Like, I, I know no. full well that's not a realistic way to run a business. So it's like me saying, well, Game Pass should be 1p. I'd love it to be 1p. 
but it ain't realistic. So in absence of that, I think the, the context being provided is important. Yeah. And um, right. that's the way to do it. And you know what happens? Some people, particularly with smaller outlets, maybe not IGN levels, but people do follow just individuals that like skill up and Mr. Matty plays on YouTube. They do game reviews and yeah. people just follow their opinion because they, they've over the years got to know what their preferences, their dislikes, their likes, what irks and what doesn't. And, and they can say, oh, that's much like me. I tend to agree with your opinion and they use that. So yeah. with IGN, obviously, it's kind of the score is given as this faceless kind of IGN score. But I do think people sometimes check who actually wrote it and think, oh, Travis wrote that. I remember him saying this, that and that about another game and I agreed with him. Or, oh, I don't know who that is. Maybe I should do some more reading on it. So you do tend to just even friends or whatever, like rely on people that, you know, have recommended good games or since it's crap in the past. Like you think I'll take that into consideration, like streamers, any, yeah. anyone can sort of have that influence when you, you do sort of align to people's opinions Yeah, and then go, right, well, what's he saying? I yeah. think that is a good way of doing it, as you say, rather than taking some faceless arbitrary score from somewhere and also yeah. a good way of doing it is open critic because that is yeah. basically doing the same thing it's of aggregating scores and spitting everything out it's so- absolutely yeah and I, I know people don't like metacritic and open critical scores in general but mm. i do think they serve a, a a good purpose or a function of just a barometer check just what's the range and I always yeah. say you could add five points or take away five points from the, the median score that's given on those sites. And it's probably going to be around about right. Like if something just fundamentally doesn't work or is technically broken, usually that will be reflected in the score. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some games get more punished than others. Like we've spoken about Pokemon kind of getting away with it. But if you look at Pokemon's historical scores, that is in fact lower, Violet and Scarlet, than many of the others. So in the context of Pokemon games, you kind of think, oh, what's going on there? So yeah. I think they do serve a purpose. Just don't attach your... If you're looking forward to a game or you've played a game and love it and it only gets a 72 on Open Critic, don't cry about it. Like, it doesn't matter. But yeah. it can be a useful just guide just to kind of pick out stuff that you might have missed. Having said that, Feet Rhythm Final Bar Line cleans itself out of an 87 at the moment. Sure, that's now on the menu for you. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, not for me either. But in- sure. actually, I need to ask Sam if he's going to play it or whether it's just a shrewd pick. Because yeah, yeah, he does play point. some, uh, he plays stuff more outside the box than others, I would say. Yeah, he does. Due yeah. to his PC and Nintendo roots. But no, not for me either, but scored well nonetheless. And then the other side of the coin for Salmon, unfortunately, was Tales of Symphonia Remastered 71. So we go from, as I put it in the group, glory to garbage almost. And I'm not saying the game's garbage. Again, this is in the context of a fantasy gaming league score, a 71 is not ideal. So um, that's unfortunate for him. It's also unfortunate because normally a remaster of something like that would do, would do pretty well, but something clearly gone wrong. I'm guessing this won't be on the menu for you either. <laughs> no, no, not me. It's not. It's, I mean, it's simply they, not they, there. They have to really... If it's not already on the sniffometer, then it has to really hit some high scores to get on there. Really, it's like 90s. Like, yeah. As we'll talk about Hi-Fi Rush, well, it goes, oh, hang on a minute. What's going what's on that there? all about that's come from nowhere? So here's here's another thing. We talked about math and maths earlier. Yes. Sniffometer or, or sniffometer? It's a sniffometer to me. That's then, it. You don't say it's a thermometer, do you? No. You no. say it's a thermometer. So it's a sniffometer. A sniff- 
<laughs> I haven't used that term for a while, actually. Um, <laughs> the, the menu's been introduced in the last month or so, putting <laughs> stuff on the menu and then making sure your plate's clear, but that's fine. Horizon Call of the Mountain. This is an Adcock Grand Prix pick. I thought this was a banana skin being a VR game. And I feel like... I feel like Adcock's kind of got away with this. Got an 82. <laughs> like, he was sort of patting himself on the back in the group saying, oh, that, that pick was slagged off. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But that felt logically like that could end up being a sub-75 because it's a VR game for a start. But I think an 82, you'd be happy to get away with that unscathed. I'm surprised anyone touches VR stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's a real risk. Mm. And it, I mean, Half-Life Alex did all right when that oh, came yeah. out. But you're really... That's fucking Half-Life. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's the trouble with it. It's kind of like, unless it's something like that, you're really playing with fire in my view. But yeah, I think 82 is... It's an acceptable score. Like, you're yeah. always looking for above 80s. You'll take it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, it feels like um, more luck than... I mean, it's hard to say it's not judgment because he's put it in there for a reason. Well, but... uh, it's third pick. I mean, it's higher. But he got away. Like, I say he got away with it. I'm not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt after Alaskan Truck Simulator was subbed in last year. That's what I said to him. I was like, you, you do stuff like that. and You were in a reputation you... over the years. Yeah. <laughs> it is really. You, that. You, you put Alaskan Truck Simulator in. And it wasn't just that one, though. They did about three subs last year and they were all a bit, yeah. what are you doing? It was almost, I said to you multiple times, it's like self-sabotage. <clears throat> yes. Um, and then, yeah, chucks more in and then goes, look, I know what I'm doing. You go, well, do you, Tom? Do you know what you're doing? Maybe he will. In fact, that actually gives him, let's just take a quick look at the scores on the doors. He has the best average now in the Grand Prix. He's yeah. got an 82 average after two games coming out. Uh, Hall's got an 81 Biff's got a 75, Paper's got an 80, Salmon's got a 79. So the average doesn't really matter. It's just a good way of tracking progress, really. And where that leaves the table um, after this particular edition, Paper's still on top. He's got three games out, 239 points. Biff in second with three games out, 225 points. So he's trailing by 14. That's not an ideal start. Adcock with two games out, sort of the next rung down, 164 points. He's only 75 points behind paper. That's what that articulates there, that Adcock could get a seemingly middling score and go top of the block. Salmon, 158 points. He's 81 points off the title. Hall with one game's got, he's 158 points off with 81 score. Adkins, not out of the blocks. Obviously, from your perspective, we know Parky's not out of the blocks either. He's got feet up this year. So what happens? These champions win it and they start putting feet up. It's tricky, isn't it? It's what Gary Neville and Roy Keane always said. It's like, you can't, you know, you celebrate for one night and then you focus on the next season. Oh. And that's how you become repetitive winners. Not exactly. Feet up. There's another, con not a controversy, but there's, there are ideas and, co and, and conversations happening behind the scenes. In particular, because of... A couple of shadow drops. We've had Hi-Fi Rush and Metroid Prime Remaster. I think Hi-Fi Rush now is at an 89 or a 90. Yeah. And uh, Metroid Prime, 95. That's mental. A stunning... I mean, it's a great... It's, a, it's one of the all-time greats, so it's kind of no surprise. Um, but after 43 reviews, it's sitting on a 95. Anyway, the point of this is that they are opportunities that no one in this FGL could have 
foreseen. You could have been really, you could have gambled on Metro Prime Remaster because it had been rumoured and rumoured and rumoured. But it was shadow dropped outside of a transfer window. And so was Hi-Fi Rush. And therefore, it didn't really give anyone a chance to take a gamble on these. And this is not a, you know, I'm not asking you to make a new rule now, but it's more just for comment. Should the transfer window policy, which is, you know, calendar months of March, June and September only, just be opened up like the old way of football? You know, we've got these transfer windows implemented all these years ago and people always moan about them. Now of the FGL, now of this, I wouldn't call it a trend, but shadow dropping is a thing in the industry, we know. Do we potentially look at speaking to the powers that be that run the, the stewardship of the rules and say, how about we look at, opening up the transfer market and perhaps just closing it off for December only. Yeah, so you're looking for board approval. We'll need to get a paper together, I think. Well. Uh, I think... Because you're one of the leading voices now, being in that championship game. I think it's it's definitely a consideration. I mean, the big problem with the transfer windows, as always, is everyone's got time to consider it. Hmm. And then there's this kind of glut of changes. It's fucking annoying from my perspective. Because at midnight, I get people fucking staying up posting stuff. And I say, don't post it till 9am because it ain't open. And they get pissy with me and say, oh, can you just accept it? I'm like, no. So if it's open all the time, it would just be as and when. Anyway, that's my selfish view on that part. No, I mean, I don't... What, you know... If there wasn't a penalty, people could just be changing things around willy-nilly. But I think every time you do say five-point penalty, it's not going to necessarily increase the volume of trans like transfers but it would allow more i think it would give advantage to people that are paying attention mm. like, because you can have feet up for ages and just go well i can't do anything anyway then all of a sudden transfer windows roll round, and then you get Edcock doing doing alaskan trucks him because he's got nothing left yeah so i think it does give an advantage to people that are slightly more on the ball as to what's been delayed and what's not and then taking action um but i think it's a valid thing to consider i mean i'm just trying to think if i you know what would i do sort of i mean i guess at what point would we so take a hi-fi rush as an example mm. you watch you watch the expo or whatever it's called yeah they go right that's live now Yep. That hasn't been reviewed yet. No. So I could then at that point go, well, it's available. Yep. But there's, I don't know what the window would be. We've just got to make sure that when people would do stuff like that, that it's prior to obviously a score going up. So what it, all I'll do is at the time, I'd get the request. I'd go on Open Creek, check the page. Has the aggregated score come in? If it hasn't, yep. they can have it. If it has, they can't have it. And yeah. there may be, there's been instances before where paper, I think in particular, put in, I think you put in Marvel's Avengers, and the first review had come in already on the page, and it was like 85. So he yeah. thought that was going to be a trend. And that was allowed because the aggregate score needs, I think, four or five solid reviews to go in. Anyway, ended up on like a 60-something, so it ended up being a disaster for him. But you could check the page for the early reviews that are going in and sort of take a gamble at that stage because you don't know if the rest of them are going to give it 6 out of 10s. You would allow it up to a certain number of reviews. Well, up, and, up until the page gives you a score. And I'm not, I don't know if this would technically happen, but it's a tricky one because say I put it in there at, I know, arbitrary time. Say the, the thing was in the evening because it's yep. US. Say at 7 o'clock, I went, oh, that hi-fi rush looks like it could do well. Yep. 7.05, I go, boff, in there. You've got feet up, you're asleep, or you're having dinner. Or, yep. 
then you don't get to it. You don't realise there's a notification. You get to it the next morning. And it's, then the score's there. And then the score's there. I'll say tough luck. Yeah. It'd always be caveated with, <laughs> I am not a fucking 24-7 service. If I don't get to it in time, that's part of the deal, unfortunately. I can't... Yeah, I can't. that's fine. Because then you'll get people going, but when I submitted it, there weren't any scores. I checked. Yeah, Here's I, a screenshot. Yeah, I know. Well, it doesn't mean nothing to me. That's that's all I'm saying is we'd have to just make sure the... Hmm. <laughs> this could all happen during a transfer window, though. This sort of controversy yeah, could happen yeah, yeah. if a shadow yeah, drop happened there. So it's not... Yeah. And I think these are unlikely, but I don't know. It was just a thought. Thought yeah, exercise. I think it's... I, I think it's uh, a realistic possibility. I think it rewards those that are that have got their finger on the on the pulse. Yeah, I agree. Right, we're going to do quick Chrissy Dring European sales data yeah. for the month of January. I've binned off the Power League because of the Power Rankings. It's just not worth it. And then we like, we didn't we didn't get December's if I remember correctly. I couldn't find it anywhere, so I don't know what Dring was playing at there. Um, there was a thought in my head also is that should we just narrow this down to the UK and really go full Brexit on it? But then I'm not convinced Dring always puts up UK only stuff. So again, it's just a case of it's better to have a wider net, I think, just to give a bit more clarity on what's going on. Yeah. So anyway, top 10 for digital and physical, keeping in mind that Nintendo don't provide digital numbers. And this is, I'm led to believe this is based on number of sales, not revenue so it's not going to be tilted by more expensive games in comparison to an indie or smaller title anyway fifa 23 top number two gta 5 huh number three red dead redemption 2 huh number four call of water modern warfare 2 number five god of war number six dead space number seven nintendo switch sports number eight mario kart 8 deluxe that's almost a ha now uh number nine nba 2k 23 Number 10, Elden Ring returns. So, managed to get itself so back in. Like, uh, I just find it... I, I, I just Grand Theft Auto. I don't know what's going on there. It's Red t- Dead Redemption. 10 years old this June, I think, GTA. It's either June or this summer sometime. I just find it baffling. 170 really million units have been shipped to that. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, I don't know how... That's not 170 million people, because I've bought it at least, I think, three times now, in theory. So there's people double and triple dipping, but still, absurd. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it is absurd. I mean, they must just be absolutely just laughing. Yeah. You must look at that and just go, how are we... I mean, to be fair to them, they continue to support it, which is great. And I think the fact that a game can be supported for so long, so successfully is excellent because quite frankly if that was any other franchise and i think the thing that annoys me and i'm going off on a tangent the it's tangent like, merchant there's no reason why other games couldn't do that and support it in a similar way to gta but they're just seen they just want to, like fifa is a prime example fifa hasn't moved on that significantly no. in you know and they don't have to do it for 10 years but they could update the squads adding features adding new game modes and do things and support a game for longer yeah. But they just get locked in this. We've got to release a new one every year and just keep the cash rolling in. Yep. It, it's, it's a frustration of mine. Wow. That's what happens. Anyway, I thought I'd just update that. There is some other interesting data, but not, not today, thank you. Um, we're going to go now to some early, I guess, Hogwarts Legacy Impressions because 
Logan took the plunge and joined Adkins in buying the game. Haven't got round to talking to Adkins about it, but you know when it's all wrapped up, we can do a more in-depth look at it. So this is very early impressions. And whilst we're here, I should I should note about just an FGL kind of scoring potential update and something for people to consider. At the moment, Hogwarts is down to an 84, so it's lost two points since you know the last time we, we were here. Um, Paper made a good point in that there's going to be a second wave of reviews potentially with the last-gen versions because they've not it's not been released on PS4 or Xbox One yet, and then potentially a third wave with the Switch release coming after that. So there's potential for this to trip on technical banana skins and come down. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you make of that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, from my, my first few hours, seeing it on less powerful consoles <laughs> is a concern for me. <laughs> yeah. I, it might I, they might uh, it might struggle. I I think it will. Mm. I'll be interested to see how what they do to make it playable yeah. and I, I that switch that will have to be a cloud version I, just, I, I mean I've seen the game running lots of gameplay like you said and it looks fucking amazing the, how are they going to downgrade that to natively run on that switch and that little cartridge I just I, I, I don't know this is what I mean unless it's just a really scaled down like you, as we talked before about the limitations of yeah. that it's struggling really on Base what I'd consider basics, yeah. Um, and to chuck something like this on it, which I, 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 I don't know. Mm. I mean, I've got the most uh, the most powerful, but I've got the Series X. <laughs> I'm playing it on a balanced mode, and it, it still don't always seem 100% happy. Oh. It, so <laughs> I, I, I worry for it. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, they do have a history, Nintendo, of having third-party games on the Switch that are cloud-enabled. So <clears throat> you don't play it natively, you stream it. I think Hitman 3 is one of them. Um, there's a couple of others that, that do it. Control might be another. But you can buy cloud versions of the game on there. And as long as you've got an internet connection, you can stream it, which comes with its own barrel of inconsistencies and input lag and all that sort of stuff comes with it. But... Yeah, I've seen some awful ports down to the Switch. Like Ark, I think, historically was one of the worst downgraded ports ever on the Switch. They've since rectified it and re-released it, but like it was like it was almost like watching a, a PS One game on it, like just one polygon, like blobs just roaring round. And yeah, yeah, yeah. this it, this game looks good for a 2023 yeah. game. It looks like it could have been next gen only at some point, and the fact that the last gen and switch versions are delayed or delayed or not coming out day and date suggests that it needs tinkering to get there mm. and whether they get there or not may be a concern yeah i think it's a completely valid point um a lot of it will hinge on you know how they downgrade it one mm. of a better term i don't see any way of wording it other than that um graphically or in terms of performance locking the frame rate whatever they need to do but yeah, I mean it's it. It does still frustrate me because I feel like that that holds a game back. Whether it does or it doesn't, I don't know. But mm. um, there's going to be such a huge audience that want to play this game over a period of time. I think that yeah, I can understand why they'd want to open it up to all these different consoles, which generally you'd expect 
younger generations, I guess, to have. Get them a PS5 or an Xbox Series X and be done with it. Yeah. Pay the uh, money. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the younger generation, I guess, aren't going to be as fortunate to have a monitor like I've got. Or a, <laughs> no, it's true. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's just it's plugged into the lounge telly, and whatever that is from 10 years ago is what it's going to be. Yeah, it was the same when we were kids. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like, you got what you got and you made the most of it. You didn't. You weren't really as worried about the technical... Didn't have much leverage, did you, to start demanding new technology for the... No. <laughs> I mean, it's different for the kids these days, largely, I think. But <laughs> still, they're still going to be hampered by what they've got. Yeah. Um, and largely, they don't care as much about the technical aspects as we do. Oh, no, not that. No. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, Hogwarts Legacy, you took the plunge. Um, yes. Didn't take the plunge day and date sort of after the reviews had come out that week it was you know a bit about what six days five days after the release date and reviews had already been in for over a week at that point so i guess my first question is why at that point did you decide well, that the, the time was steve, right hmm? steve, steve oh, okay I had to get rush done. so I'm oh, operating this. didn't I'm want operating his plate full yeah so i'm doing this one game i say one game at a time like i in terms of multiplayer, I'll just have whatever's going. But in terms of like a single player experience, I've I used to get snarled up with having multiple ones on the go, and it just got messy. And yes. I ended up not completing some, and you, you then get snarled. Well, got a war so took about eight months for you, both yeah, of them. So well, <laughs> so I'm basically trying to not get snarled up in that. So I finished God of War, and I was like, I think that pretty much coincided with the drop of Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, so I was like, right, well I'll play that. And then Hi-Fi Rush was taking a bit longer because of the wrist and various other things as we've talked yeah. about. So I then finished Hi-Fi Rush the other day and was like, right, now the plate's clear. Yep. Let's get Hogwarts on the go. Um, so that it was it was uh, it was always potential for day one, a day one drop. I was always going to get it. I, I, I didn't see the reviews particularly affecting that decision too much. Okay. Unless they but the reviews are just uh, we're going to. I mean, we're expecting the reviews to be lower than they were. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, it was a and I was still going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it was always on the menu. It's just purely to, to clear the plate first. Is there a time period that may have passed? So say Hi-Fi Rush took another three weeks. It's a longer game. Say it's a different game, even if that's easier to put yourself in this scenario. Is there a time period where you'd have been like... Uh, I'll wait for that to go on sale or, you know, now I've missed the the initial kind of hype cycle or zeitgeist or whatever people want to call it. Maybe I'll look at something else that's newer coming down the pipe or would it just be the timing's right for me right now? I'm going to buy it at whatever price it is. Cause I get snarled up and think, well, if I haven't played it in the first month, I'll wait for it to go on sale. And then you could be waiting nine months and then it's, it, it, it goes on sale the day Starfield drops. I'm like, well, now that's can't be played. And yeah. Ronnie gets himself in a right old state missing things. So is there, a, is there a time period that it could have lapsed, say four weeks away, that you know you was playing another game that didn't finish, and yeah. would you still have gone in and just bought it unreserved, or would you have been looking around at what's occurring new at that point? Um, this was always on the sniffometer and quite high up. We've talked before about my love for, mm. and I'll, I'll get into it more, I guess, as we, we think about the first impressions, but this was always there. Like I wasn't prepared, I guess, to wait. I right. wanted to play this. Like, Hi-Fi Rush got in the way, inadvertently. It did, yeah. Hi-Fi Rush got in the way. I thought that was going to be... And it was really in palette cleanser territory, but 
it took a little bit longer, maybe sort of like five, six hours longer than I thought it was going to. And that, <laughs> because of the delay with the wrist, sort of took five or six days. So yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't ever really going to be on the doors like of Asda waiting to get this in physical, but it was definitely within the first... They you know, still do that. I don't know. No, probably not for this game, but it's arbitrary now anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Hours, isn't it? It's, it's like, turn up when you like. Um, but, <laughs> I yeah, remember it was always... For, I remember queuing up for FIFA at least one year with... I think Adkins might have been with me. I was there and, for Call uh, of Duty one year. It might have been modern, like the original Modern Warfare two. I think I was there. It was one of the one of the games. I was definitely waiting at Asda for. I've it done so FIFA. I've done a Midnight Four. This is mad, about fifteen years ago now. I've done when I got my Switch. I went and got that at midnight with Zelda. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And Red Dead Redemption two. I think I went and did it for. Yeah. I think that's it. But I'd be tempted to go and do it just to experience it again. Yeah. Six, but it's but only that. relevant if you want the physical version because you can yeah. pre-download it and it'll unlock at midnight and you can be playing it before you've even left the house. So yeah, it kind of it, does uh, take that away a little bit. But yeah. some games like that, I do actually weirdly want in in physical like, form. Hard, in physical, I didn't go for Red Dead Two. Mm. I did that as a download, a pre-download. But GTA, I, when that drops, I. I'd be up for going down there and then realise how old I am when there's all the kids down there and I'm there. Well, they, should, they should all be at least 18 because the... Well, they're not though. This nah. is what annoys me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, back to the point at hand. Yeah, I mean, it was always it was always going to get played. And generally speaking, and it is different for me because I don't buy as many games as you do. Like I'm I, don't, pretty... I don't buy that many now. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, your palette, of games that you want to play is much bigger than mine mm. and i will pick up like even hi-fi rush an example i only picked up because it was on game pass so yeah game pass for me is the thing that opens up some different games that are probably not usually within my usual forte that i think oh i'll give that a go um but generally there there are a lot of games i'm just like i want to play it so i'll pay what they're charging me when i want to play it yeah i'm not that fast some games like division two like there's some games we'll just go we'll get to that when it's an acceptable yeah. price like we do do that but for something like this a first party single player game like if the if the runway's clear I'll just pay whatever I need to to get it yeah. within a within a price range because I think I messaged you didn't I and I was like look where the deal was like 70 quid or something or 65, 65 quid, on the quid store. Yeah. I was like what you seen and then yeah. I always forget about CD keys and manage to get it for yeah. for 52 which is fine I'll pay it yeah that's a good price. It's on Xbox Series X. You said, how many hours do you think you've played thus far of it? Of actual gameplay, I reckon about three, mm. maybe. So two or three. I mean, I, I was trying to sort of play it in amongst doing some other things the other day. And it was on, but I wasn't actually solidly playing it. But I reckon I got, you know, two to three hours in there and got a pretty good flavor for for what it's, uh, what it's at least initial phase is what it's about. You know? Yeah. So as the as a Potter fan, what are the early impressions then of this? Is there any how are they done? I guess on the source material side of things, this is set as I understand well before the actual Potter films and the books. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know about when Fantastic Beasts is, whether it's before that as well, around the same time. But um, how are they how are they, how are they doing? Does it feel like a Harry Potter, you know, proper type, or is it, or is it Wizarding World? I don't know what you call this franchise yeah, I mean, anymore. It, but. it definitely feels like that that sort of um it feels like that world like yeah a hundred percent i mean you know you start it off and i won't give loads of spoilers away of the story but 
the way that it, I don't know, in some ways it kind of feels like the Harry, like Harry Potter, but you, the, the characters are just different. So, yeah. you know, and there's some little nice um, nods back to existing names and things and Wizarding mm. World names that you'll recognize. And, you know, they link it back quite well without, you know, including specific characters from from the worlds that we know and the books and everything and the films that you've seen. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's, they, they do that well. And there's all, you know, I think sometimes in these games, you're waiting for all these references to like Diagon Alley and going to the bank and, you know, yeah. and, all this thing. and they do all that quite early on. Like right. you're not waiting ages to get involved with all that stuff and use your wand. And yeah, it, it chucks you into that pretty early on in the game, which I think is good because sometimes you think, oh, the worst thing is, you know, if you're a young kid. And one of the things, by the way, that it does do nicely is it doesn't chuck you in as a first-year student. Like, oh. it chucks you in as a, fi- a fifth-year student, a latecomer, basically. So you're not... So it's not like you've been there for a number of years and you're no. just... You're, you're new, but you're going in because you're an older, I guess, student. Yeah. You're going yeah. in sort of... I don't know how all the years work. But I guess that's later on. That's like the final yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. So you're, you're, you're... I think you're... you're pretty much coming to the end like the fifth year is when you do your hours right so you're essentially like doing your g so it's like joining school in year 11 basically yeah which would have been um, easier for everyone i think well yeah i mean so it's quite nice so it chucks you in things where it's like you're a bit more you're not running around as a like a kid kid you're like a teenager yeah everything's got a bit more maturity about it the way that you interact and stuff so instantly it's it's, it's engaging i think is the point um you know the first thing you notice is it does look great like the game itself is is beautiful. The environments are really nice. Like there's a lot of attention to detail, and I think when we discussed this before, it needs that because yeah. people are so invested in this this you know story, the franchise itself. You know, you want people to just be like wowed by the environments and and everything, and it does that brilliantly. You know, um, Hogwarts is, looks fantastic, and mm. um, you know everything's. You, you can engage with a lot of things. You can talk to everyone. You know, it, it's the first few hours is, you know, really just chuck you in there and sort of gets you going. Yeah. And I, I really liked that about the game. It's sort of like three hours in and I've seen, you know, various different things. I, I, you get the freedom to explore pretty much all of Hogwarts and like, it's been a really good start to, to the game, which I didn't expect. Some Sometimes I was expecting to sort of it to be a slow burn. In getting you involved pentiment like well yeah i mean i like and you know if you look at pentiment to this and i think what i've done in the first three hours in this versus <laughs> the first three hours in pentiment it's just like <laughs> completely different but it's, it's it's i'm glad that they've done that they basically just chuck you in at the deep end you get to learn some spells really quickly and you know start doing rpg elements of a game you know solving puzzles doing quests like really does just chuck you in there early on um so yeah, it's it's a really good experience so far, and yeah, the game looks great. You said that it looks so good, and you and one of the concerns with lesser powered machines was that it might struggle because you said it's it's not. It feels like it's struggling a little. Well, wait, 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 I'm misinterpreting what you said, but you had raised concerns yeah. that it's not completely perfect from perhaps a technical perspective. What, what what have you noticed in these early hours that are raising a little bit of eyebrows, and you think? Mm. I need to have a play around with this, but I think you get five settings of how you want Jesus performance. And it's basically through to like all like 4K glory Mm. down to like 
focus on predominantly frame frame, frame rate, yeah. which I don't quite like. I'd prefer it if they went, do you want that frame rate or do you want those graphics? And right. then you can change the two. But essentially, I thought I'll chuck it in the middle, a balanced performance. And the game looks great, but you know when you can just doesn't, especially by today's standards, it doesn't feel like buttery, smooth, constant 60 hmm. at that point and i don't know whether i need to validate this and have a play around with it but it just feels a little bit um i don't know it doesn't feel like glorious yeah yeah i don't know i need to validate this and it might be it might be either my eyes or (laughs) i don't know i i I don't i don't know but it just you know you just think i wish it was just a little bit yeah it's not janky no it's not but I don't know. I was just for some reason expecting this, like glorious buttery smoothness. He's not adding, and I don't. And it's not. It is smooth, and I, 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 I don't really know how to explain it at the moment. I need to play a little bit more of it, but it doesn't feel like. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's because I've been playing like Call of Duty on 120 frames or something. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. That's a good point. It could. It could be that that even that you're noticing something that's less than a hundred over this you know problem, it's, yeah and this is what i said to you when you when you've got games that support on a monitor that supports like 144 frames and then you go, go and play something that might be locked at 60 it's half which is half like less noticeable feel, than 30 to 60 but you will still feel it if you're playing you'll a lot still of, feel it yeah. so i'm what this is what i'm wondering it's like whether i've been playing stuff that and to be fair something like hi-fi rush is actually buttery smooth yeah like and I've gone from basically playing that to this, which is obviously a completely different experience. But I don't know whether I'm just sort of adjusting to that experience. Could it, if that makes sense. Could it be that it's just that something like Hyper Rush is more action focused and therefore it just has, it shows off more of the, you know, the silkiness because yeah. you're darting around, parrying and dodging and, you know, blowing people away. In the early game, I mean, you've, you've done a bit of combat, but you may not have been exposed to you know, flying around on the broom or doing yeah, stuff. So I've, I've done a bit of dueling. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, uh, it's, it's smooth. It's not, not smooth, but for some reason it just feels, I think it might, it might even just be from like playing hi-fi rush and how quick and yeah, like every, that game is then adjusting to this. It makes it feel a little bit like, less smooth i don't yeah. know I'd, I'll have to report back on that but it doesn't it's just something there that i just need and I'm, i'll have to have a play around with some of the graphical and frame rates yeah yeah what's what on it but that's that's just an observation i feel like i need to make but it might just be based in nonsense yeah. at the moment <laughs> based on what on other games i've been playing that's fair um, enough but the simple fact is it looks great the yeah. attention, attention to detail is great one thing I have noticed is the the voice like sync and the mouth is a mm. little bit I don't know not it is a little bit poor. Ain't up to Ragnarok time. levels. It, yeah, this is again it, this is the problem when you're playing saying like I played a God of War and mm. then you go and see like mouth movement with not beautifully synced up and like with like, all these different like. It looks like someone's talking, whereas on this it feels like just the mouse just doing that. Yeah. In 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 time with what I'm saying, like it feels a little bit like that. But you can get past it. It's not like fundamental, but it's just something I've noticed. It's kind of like the the lip movement isn't 
isn't as good as you've perhaps come to expect from from some games these days. But uh, it's minor stuff. Interesting. So much of a surface scratcher at the moment. Any other poignant things you've noticed, either positive or negative, or just wanted to call out about these? Yeah, I mean, early I impressions. Think- you know, I've been super critical on a few elements there around the performance and some of the lip sync, but they're just a few little frustrations that I've noticed at the minute. But the heart, the general gameplay, the you know, the availability of the quests early on, you're, it really does chuck you into a lot of interesting stuff, and mm. you get to learn about the characters quite quickly and get involved in stuff like it's a really. It feels like the game. You, do you remember that original Harry Potter game that come out where you were Harry Potter and you're ro- ro- roaring around? Like it feels like the game that I've been waiting for for probably uh, that game might have come out in like 2002 or something. It would have been early. It would have been Philosopher's Stone probably. So when, yeah, when did that come yeah, out, think, 2001. So it would have been within a couple of years of that. I think it was about 20 years ago. Yeah. Like it feels like like the spiritual, the real game that everyone that played that game mm. what. Like, it really does feel like that um and i'm excited to get into more of the dueling and you know some of the, get re- get on with some get of on the that quest. fucking broom and get out there and see what's occurring in these woods well what is yeah basically just you know you get a question early on it's like do you want to are you more interested in exploring or more interested in being academic i don't necessarily think these mm. have got any real impact but no. I, like, I want to explore it's like that i i absolutely want to get out there and see what this game's got to offer um but yeah i i mean so far if you're a harry potter fan or arguably you know don't even have to be a huge harry potter fan it looks like no, it's got I've, the potential of a, of a really good game i've heard impressions of people that don't really care for it but think this is still just a great game in its own right so i think it I th- I, that would be my gut feel is that caught people as off guard a, as an RPG, it's going to be engaging and fun in its own right. And even if you're not a huge, hugely steeped in Potter lore, I think the environment and everything will still be, you know, brilliant for, for someone to play through. Last question. Yes. The big question that everyone will be asking and will slaughter me if I don't ask. Which yeah. ass did you choose? Is it House? What are they, they called Houses? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I've watched all the films, by the way. That's the only thing I've done with it. So I've watched yeah. them all and the Fantastic Beasts. So I know yeah. from that lens yeah. only, but I know the books. People say, oh, you're missing out on the backstory of Dumbledore yeah. and his uncle. Uh, it's always going to be Gryffindor. It's all, mm. for me, it's, it's never easy. Is that Harry's season. one? Yeah, yeah. And that's but where those, always... those two twins are. I hate those twins in the films. The Weasley, <laughs> they Weasley twins. The Weasley twins. Fucking yeah. can't stand those cunts. Do you know they're not really ginger either? Really? Yeah. It wasn't because not, they were ginger. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. anti-ginger. But well, that's why you I get, get, get accused of that, though, if you say it. <laughs> yeah. So you have to, you're right to clarify it. But um, I just found those pair of cocks. I think they're, they're irritating. Slightly. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't ever... I don't like slithering because I don't like the connotations with it so that's automatically ruled out and i always feel like ravenclaw and hufflepuff are much and much hufflepuff's an awful name so let's get that out of the way ravenclaw though is like the best name of the lot if i was going to do it blind that's what i would do but you know what i I was hoping i was sorry i was hoping the reason why is because i like it when the sorting hat goes gryffindor that's all that's the only thing he didn't really do it so i was like well blown it but apparently ravenclaw is meant to i think each one gives you some sort of buff oh right that's interesting so there's like a different like starting 
Like yeah, perk well, apparently or one. Of, I think it's like Ravenclaw's meant to be the the best, but I, oh. I, I was like, well, I'm always going to have Gryffindor. I would if I, going in blind, I'll choose Ravenclaw or maybe Slytherine, but um, I, I think there's I, I'm more likely to do some sort of online, you know, or which house do you belong to. Yeah, and then they do it. that. They do it. They okay. Do. So up front, they go, "What are you like?" They ask you, ask you some questions. Okay. Like, are you loyal or are you adventurous or are you this or the other? And on that, they'll so I think suggest the house for Ravenclaw to me, mm. and then it gives you the option if you want. Because as per the books, yeah. you can choose if you want to. So it does let you choose. I'm in uh, Gryffindor. <laughs> I'd have to um, accept whatever it shows me, I think. Yeah, I knew you would, yeah. But it Wrong does give you that. So it, you know, it's not. It, it's just like one question, I think. Yeah. Like, what I think, is... I think there's an online thing? integration somewhere. That is a, is a website. I'm sure someone posted it somewhere I saw. I'll try and... Um, well, it's no, no use for you now. You've started. But I'll, I'll, I'll investigate all that as and when... If yeah. I get to it, which I, I plan to at some point. Well, there we go. That's Hogwarts Legacy. Some early impressions there. And uh, many many of you are playing it already. The sales figures seem to be supporting that. So lots of people diving in on Hogwarts Legacy. Lots of people in, enjoying it. Let's get into some full-blown reporting back and chat on Hi-Fi Rush to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. Usually we have a transition, but given the uh, the timely nature of this game and also the fact that Logan's sitting here right now, it all lines up perfectly for us just to go straight into it. So if you missed that little music intermission, you're not going to get it this time. I could do it manually. There you go. Hi-Fi <clears throat> Rush, Logan. So Game Pass yeah. Shadow Drop. Yeah. Scoring very well with the critics. Come out of nowhere. Um yeah. I'll say up front that this is this is an action game, first of all. Yeah. Through and through. Has like RPG elements like most games do. You can choose to upgrade certain skills and, you know not craft your character because you are you are set, you know, character based this, but you can choose yeah. which skills you focus on throughout the game with its health and or attack and you know all these different things so it has those elements to it but it's primarily an action game and its twist on this is that it's beat based yeah what they mean by that is there's a constant beat throughout the game going roughly at that speed i mean it's not it ain't far off what that is and everything in the game is um kind of funneled through that beat if you press the attack button outside of that beat you won't hit the opponent until the beat lands. So there'll be a slight delay and animation towards that. The The animations in the cutscenes are all tied to the beat. Like they will, the characters move in, in, in kind of in line with that. So it's all, that's the kind of unique part of it. Now I must say, I'm not really good at these action games at the best of times. You know, just a, a straight up action game. I can get through them, but I always feel like I'm just getting through them. I never yeah. really feel like I'm in control of what I'm doing, which is absurd because they're one of the most in-depth, mechanically robust games you can play. They're action games. You can really do some cool stuff in there if you know what you're doing. But I very, very, very rarely have I got to a stage where I feel like I'm in a flow with these games. So that's I wanted to put that on the table first because I think that's important to clarify. There are a lot of people that would be far more experienced. Someone like Adkins would probably eat this game up because yeah. he's, he, he likes those games and he's, he's good at them. 
Are you in more on my side of things, somewhere in the middle, or are you a pro like Adkins when it comes to these action-based melee games? I ain't a pro, no. <laughs> I, I'd say if I if I was aligning myself to, to one or the other, it'd be more alongside what what you were saying. Two I mean, blowers, I, I, basically, is what we're saying here. Basically, I can usually get... I usually excel in the early stages, but as things get a bit more complex... They start I to ramp things up, didn't they? Yeah, as they ramp it up, I go, I'm out of my depth a little bit here. Um, what am I doing? Normally, I'm like, give me a gun, I'll shoot it. But <laughs> if we're starting to get in in real mechanical games where you have to do things... Combos and... Combos, I sort of start parrying, getting Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it gets a bit too much for this old brain. So I have to find something that allows me to get through it, like yeah. style or, or a way of doing it where I don't have to, like deal with that stuff as much hmm. i think is a way to put it yeah what i do also want to state at the start of this is a lot of there's a lot of excitement about this game just simply the fact that one it was an xbox game which mm. we don't we, we were starved of most most of last year so that helps unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. we've got a game from them and then two um it was shadow dropped and available on yeah. game pass within a few hours of their developer direct they put out many weeks ago and I think there was, a, there was a huge amount of excitement and buzz just for that. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm, don't think that's relevant to the conversation we're about to have. And I'm not going to at all reference it other than just mention at the start. I feel like that may have, that is definitely seeped into some people's excitement for the game. I don't know if that's seeped into their necessary their opinions of it. But even reading some reviews, they spend a good paragraph mentioning about how great it was and what a great time it was for that. And it's like, okay, I guess that's kind of relevant to how the game got delivered to you, but the actual product in front of us is separate from that. And I wanted to see if you were on the same page of that because, yeah, it was exciting, but it wasn't, no, I'm not going to, it wasn't that exciting. It wasn't like Christmas when you were a kid and you couldn't sleep because you're excited no, to, for Father Christmas I mean, to come to that chimney and not break his neck, hopefully. Nick those cookies and milk. Like, Never left it out for him, yeah. actually. Poor bastard. Well... I think from my perspective, it was, you know, it, I just was fortunate that I had a, a space, I guess. I'd literally just finished God of War. I was about to finish it. Yeah. Wish dropped, and I was like, well, all right, that's reviewing unsu- you know, surprisingly well. That come out of nowhere. Yeah. I've got a bit of space and runway before Hogwarts Legacy. Seems like a bit of, it could be within palette cleanser territory or not far off it. Mm. Let's have a look at it. And I thought, at least I'll give it a go and see if it grabs me. And if I'm not, Bust by it, as we know, I can quite quickly drop it. But I had to look at what it was all about, and I was like, it doesn't look, it looks intriguing. So I thought I'll give it a go. But I don't think the hype necessarily is relevant in my view of the game. No, I mean, it shouldn't be either in anyone's opinion of it. Like, that's bleeding into it, then we've got a bit of a problem. So parking all that noise aside, because it was very noisy and exciting, and you know, people have started in the right going. I can't believe it. Um, the game itself, Hi-Fi Rush, as we mentioned, is a beat-based sort of combat game. We're both rookies, poor, sloppy, old, not well-versed at these types of games. So keep that in mind as we go through All it. All accurate. All accurate. Um, what would be, I think, at this stage, a good idea to do, which I you know, try and do, but I often forget because it's easy to forget, is to head over to the store page and just see what Tango Gameworks and Phil were, were cooking together for us mm. and 
understand if you were just coming into this and you didn't, you know, wasn't there for the big hype moment when it shadow dropped. You come and read this on the store and think, what do I play next? Here's what we've got, some select parts of it. Feel the beat as a wannabe rock star, Chai. Is it Chai or Chai? Uh, Chai. Chai. Chai and his ragtag team of allies rebel... uh, Of allies rebel against... What the fuck? Feel the beat as a wannabe rock star Chai and his ragtag team of allies rebel against an evil robotics enhancement mega corporation (laughs) with raucous rhythm-based combat. From Tango Gameworks, the studios that bought you the evil within, Ghostwire Tokyo... No, really comes Hi-Fi Rush, an all-new action game where the characters, world, and the combat stylishly sync to the music. I ain't gonna, they've written that so annoyingly, I'm not going to go any further, but that's the basic kind of fundamentals of it. I'll do one bit. Labelled defective after a shady corporate experiment mistakenly fused a music player to his heart, Chai must now fight for, fight for his freedom in a slick animated world where everything, platforming, puzzles, enemy attacks, and even colourful gags and banter are synced to the beat. So that's circling back to what I mentioned earlier about it being all synced to the beat. Essentially a good point. The art style on this is... I've, look, it ain't AAA levels of realism, but I will say it's... It's fucking gorgeous to look at sometimes. It really does get that animated slash anime style and brings it to life on a on an interactive video game. And the cutscenes are they're actually the weakest part because they, they're out of engine, you can tell. There's a slight disconnect between the cutscenes and the in-engine stuff. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But generally when you're running around this world, it's colourful, it's vibrant, it's popping off, like it really <coughs> is it really is good from that perspective. I thought, I thought anyway. Yeah, like performance and you know the way that it looks. It's like as I've said before, like it's super slick. Like it looks great. Everything's a really nice color. I like the art style as well. It kind of took me by surprise at how how well it played within that art. Like it, it's so slick and everything's mm. so nice and colorful and everything beat but bopping around like and everything. I was like, this looks. I enjoyed the environment a lot. Like, I think the environment is probably one of the best things about it. It's um, yeah, it's it's intriguing. Everything is interesting. I think is a way to put it. Yeah, it's for, what they were aiming for. They delivered and landed easily. Like this was yeah, yeah. They're clearly yeah. going for a unique well, no, well, it is a unique style in video games, but a style based around animated um, anime or or other other you know TV shows or films based around that, and they absolutely nailed it. I guess the other thing outside of that that kind of adds to the atmosphere and the theme is the soundtrack. Now, I recognise the names of some of these tracks, some of these bands or artists, like Nine Inch Nails, I think is one of them or whatnot. And they have some, um, uh, I guess, like stuff they've made in-house as well, which aids streamers so they don't get, or content creators, so they don't get tinged by a copyright strike. You can turn all the licensed tracks off and just have the original soundtrack that was created for it but i left it on because why not um any bangers that you picked out from this uh <coughs> this plethora think, of of <laughs> of artists and music by the cold stairs mm. i like the cold stairs they're good see that was one that I, I pulled out um but i thought the soundtrack generally throughout the game like i liked the fact that you're in a different stage there's a different soundtrack yeah Albeit, yeah. I think some of the beats are slightly faster mm. than the others. I don't think it's like a consistent, like, I can't think what you call it now. You know, on a metronome where it's like, ding, 
didn't, didn't yeah. I think some of them are a little bit quicker and some of them are a little bit slower. Um, but I liked that element because I think if that was the same throughout, it'd get a bit like, mm, yeah. same song here. Like, this is annoying me. Yeah. And it's good they kind of tie some of the movement or some of the interactions back into said yeah. music. And even, like, it's some really cool boss battles that have multiple phases that have, you know, are linked into different parts of the soundtrack and you know they come together nicely in those moments i think i think when when it's at its best are those are those moments but they felt like they were front loaded and then uh, you know at some point i was like i've not really seen much of this anymore and it's not as interesting so i don't know if it just wore off over time no, but it, it didn't wear off the battles become different <laughs> well let's talk about the combat then yeah. everything in time of a beat Enemy attacks, they say, you can easily block or parry. You, you, you learn those. Uh, sorry, you can either block or, or dodge and, and parry them yeah. um, because it's always in line with the beat. But as I mentioned, the beat's very quick. So you could get hit six times in a second almost, the way that fucking triggers off. So it's of no it's of no use to take that tutorial advice it gives you and, and try and implement it because you're better off watching them and seeing when the fucking trigger comes and then doing what you need to do because trying to time everything to the beat didn't work for me. Combat-wise, I said, I never felt like in this game, there's no exception to the other action games I've played. Not, maybe I've got one S-tier score. So the game scores every encounter you have throughout every level. I was getting A's and B's mostly. Yeah. I've got one S-tier throughout the whole entire thing because my beat time was just, it was always like 40%. You know, I was never really quite getting on top of it. And I don't know, everyone, uh, uh, it's felt fine, but I never really felt like this was some sort of exceptional combat system. Like, yes, it's stylish. And I guess to someone watching, you might think, oh, that looks fucking incredible. But when you boil it down, you, you're hitting X and hitting Y you dodge him with B or parry him with B or whatever and dodge him with A. And it's like, yes, you've got combos that you can deal damage with and do extra damage with. But A, I didn't need to. I played on normal and was able just to smash my way through. And B, it just, uh, very few times that it clicked with me. And I never, I got in that flow status maybe three times throughout the, the 10 or so hours that I spent in it. How was your experience? Because I, I, it felt okay to me, but I wasn't completely blown away and like, oh, this is a new way to be doing this. It, it, at the end of the day, to me, it felt like any other action game towards the back end, which is fine, but wasn't the kind of runaway, unique, innovative, in, what's it, innovative, in, innovative combat that I was ex kind of expecting it to to blossom into. And that may well just be down to me never clicking with me, but. I think people need to understand that if you're coming from a perspective that me and Logan are, you may be in, in the same boat. Yeah, so it took me a while to... I mean, I understood the basics where I was like, right, okay. The difficulty I found was like switching up the timings between the X and the Y attack. No, yeah. Like, and I, in the end, I just pretty much stopped using the Y attack. And it's heavy attack, isn't it? So X is your quick yeah. attack and Y is your heavy, uh, yeah, heavy attack. But the why you only do every other beat nah. or, or on the off beat or something. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just struggled to time them together, like in a way that become intuitive. I found myself, yeah. I think, right, how do I put this together so that it works in the beat? It never felt um, natural to me. 
No. I was shoehorning like, this in and then it weren't paying off because I was getting it wrong. And it's fine at the beginning because you go, right, okay, I've only got three enemies. Yeah, three yes. To deal with. I can actually think about it. But as it chucks more shit at you, <laughs> you don't, it, if it doesn't become intuitive, you can't do it. And I think, you know, you reference at the beginning, as you go through, you, you sort of get credits and things that you can buy upgrades for. And essentially the upgrades are, are different um, combos mm. if, in an attacking sense. Um, and I found myself just buying some that are just like, um, you know, mash this button or yeah. hold this button sort of thing and let it go. It's because I was like, if I have to remember X, X, Y, offbeat, Y, like, I was just like, I'm just not, in the heat of the moment, I'm just going to be mashing. So it's a waste of time. So I <laughs> I basically engineered my character just by health. Because I was like, that's I need why, that. That's what I did. I, you get a special, yeah. which is one that heals you. And I had that. So I was like, We'll just go for this mash the X button on the beat. We'll tank up and just deal with we'll it. Tank up and deal with it. Because, <laughs> it, it, you know, you've got melee characters and you've got some that are shooting you with a laser. <laughs> and as much as you try and go for the ones with a laser... It only hit you on the beat. Time it. It doesn't teach you parry until about four hours into the pissing <laughs> game. You can't even use it. So you're just having to kind of dodge stuff early on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I, I quickly identified i think that i was not going to be doing this combo between x and y and remembering that so i, I built my character and play style to accommodate for that <laughs> keep it as simple as possible keep i it... liked the beat and i liked yeah. playing I, I was fine hitting x on the beat like i mastered that and that was intuitive like fine yeah. with that like no problem but as soon as you expect me to then also start you know as we'll get into calling other characters in and worrying yeah. about shields and like it chucks more things at you to remember and to, to do mm. you're then it then just becomes a lot i think to also remember combos specific combos uh, and that's how i found it anyway yeah one thing that didn't help and i don't know if i i don't know if i would want more of this to be honest having, having finished the game which may be you know maybe crucified for saying this but the pace between battles is incredibly slow. Mm. Like you would do an encounter, it would take a minute and a half. And then it felt like you were sometimes, and the levels are linear. There are little cubby holes you can go off to, to get extra bits or hidden items or, you know, extra parts that if you get three types of a health, you know, um, item, it will then boost your health like, as, as a, per a permanent upgrade. So there are little cubby holes to go off to, but it's a linear game. You go from A to B to the end of the level, and throughout that you have a number of combat encounters. And even, I, I just felt like I was going multiple minutes with no combat encounters at all. And yep. what frustrated me was that there's need to sprint button when you're outside of combat because the, the sort of pace that you're jogging at Again, because it's tied to this fucking beat. His animation. They're trying to make. They're trying to be clever. Talk about developers being up their own arse. Everything has to match this beat. So his his whole animation stride and speed is is matching that. It just felt really slow and and cumbersome. And because the yeah. platform in itself felt, I didn't feel it was great at all. I think absolutely the weakest point. Like jumping, you would jump up and then you would very quickly fall down. It felt like a fucking heavy car. Yeah. It's just being dropped. So the platforming side of things wasn't, I didn't find engaging. And then just getting from A to B, if you had to run, you could only jog. Yes, you could dash. You know, you could you could dash three times in a row if you hit the hit the beat right. But just give me a sprint button. I can just steam 
down this hallway and get to where I need to go. And what that, in my mind, what I started to notice was that by the time I got to the next combat encounter, I was cold. Whatever I just, whatever flow state I'd got into previously had gone. And I almost needed more consistent combat encounters throughout the level to keep me sharp. But because it's I had like, these big bogged the down... Nothing or everything. Yeah. Like you, never, you never sort of got one or two enemies here and there. Just to just warm go, up. Right. Or, or to go, right, let me just practice, try and sort of get now this combo. So It's, it's got its own practice uh, area for you to do that, Logan. Come on. Yeah, but I ain't wasting my time no, in that. No, like, I, 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 <laughs> I want... I want like end up, like some sort of enemies throughout. Like if it's just two guards for me yeah. to deal with yeah. here and there, but it's you because it's doing this grading aspect. Yes, you're kind of in that in that zone or not. Yeah, and I I didn't mind the downtime necessarily, but I did find myself just in, in the end. I just go bump 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 on that dash, and I'm just dashing everywhere because I'm like this is a fucking. It just becomes irritating that you're just slugging around. <laughs> And uh, I found the, the, the platforming irritating. The amount of times I tried to, like, double jump. And you can only dash once in the air. Oh, also mate. sometimes I'd, like, do a jump, a dash, a double jump, and then sometimes magnetise on using LB. Mm. And it just wouldn't let me do the, the, the attachment. So I'd just no. do, well, why can't I dash, jump, and magnet? It just, there's a few things around the traversal that, were not very good, I found, or that I didn't particularly enjoy, or you know, weren't that strong. Um, mm. But I definitely found myself, you know, because there's a period of time in between battles that you, you do, you you get cold again. You're sort of like, oh yeah. right, okay, well now I've got to like go through all this button mashing, and then it's like button mashing done, right, okay, and then just run and button mashing, and then it's it's all or nothing, and I found that difficult to. Most games ramp it up like gradually yeah. throughout a game, but this was just constantly like all or nothing throughout. No, it was just an irritant having so much downtime between encounters. Why there was no fodder just in between those where, that you could just kill and, like you said, just play around with even just because you're a yeah. weak enemy that you can just mess around with a combo. But I think it's a symptom of oh, everything's got to be graded, so it has yeah. to be this. We can't grade you on two enemies because it's too short. People are like, oh, that's not an encounter. So it's kind of a symptom of this structure where they wanted everything to be graded and every battle, therefore, had to be of substance. But you would go... I don't know why they need that arcade nah. grading system. It didn't... Every time I was like, why... Why... How it's insulting, isn't it, when you get a fucking C for it? You think, wow... Well, I've been shot 400 times. I've missed me parries because yeah. I've got a split second to get it right. <laughs> I ain't good enough. Yeah, it's a bit of a a strange one in that sense. Um, other things that annoyed me, it's getting crapped on a little bit, so I'm conscious of that, but the, I don't know how games haven't solved this. It's so common, it's so common that this is not a unique thing to Hi-Fi Rush, but I really wanted to call this out. When you're walking through the world, doing these yeah. long, bloody platforming bits often you've got someone chatting in your ear because there's a, a team of people as we mentioned in the store page a ragtag group of allies that kind of join you along in the journey there's yeah. someone always waffling in your ear about what's going on or telling you about the zone you're in etc and if you go at a normal pace forwards you inevitably cut off that conversation it will trigger the next set of voice lines or it'll drop you into an account encounter so 
I had to stand there still whilst they were talking because several times in the early goings it cut things off. Why hasn't why hasn't this been sussed out consistently in video games? I'll tell you the one of the best implementations of it. It goes back to God of War twenty eighteen. When you're in that, you when you're in that boat roaring round, I used to sit there and think, Oh, I've got to listen to this fucking I'm right at the shore, I've got to listen to Mamir fucking waffling. Then one yeah. time I was like I, I think I accidentally got out and it, it stopped him and I was like, Oh for fuck's sake, now I'm not gonna hear that story. Anyway, two hours later, I got back in the boat, and then Mamir went, oh, where was our brother? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this is catering for probably a Ronnie-ism, this is, that doesn't want to miss dialogue that's in there. And someone must playtest this game and say, if I go from A to B, I'm not rushing through the game, I'm, I'm going in the cubby holes, I'm looking for like little secrets and whatnot, I'm not just mainlining it, and yet still I'm consistently having dialogue cut off. Why ain't that being addressed? Yeah, I, I I knew as soon as you said that you were going to hop back to God of War because that is one of the best games I've seen it. And sometimes for me, I think, oh, for fuck's sake, Mimi, will you give it a rest? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just want some peace and quiet in this, and you keep trying to resume a story. Yeah. But it's 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 a perfect execution of trying to give backstory, but not making you feel like it's not impeding your progress in the game. It's just mm. like when you've got time to listen, it will tell you what they've got to say. And that is probably the best execution of it that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and they do that again in the in the in the second game in Ragnarok. It is brilliant, um, but it is annoying. I mean, for me, I was like, I don't really care too much. It's, it doesn't bother me that much if I lose it in a, in a game like Hi-Fi Rush. But I know you've got a Ronnie sitting there wanting all that rich lore, and it's getting cut off. I know yeah. it's a problem for him. It is an irritant. Um, I agree. I don't know why it doesn't finish one before it lets you start another. It it's it's bizarre. Uh, yeah, it happens in a lot of games, though. To be fair, yeah, but I will, you know, if I, if I continue to see it, I'll continue to call it out. Um, speaking of the actual story and the narrative, this the the tone of this game. But some people just find it highly irritating because they'll think they're coming across as being serious. At no point did I think they were trying to portray this as a serious story at all it knows it's being ridiculous it knows it's being cringeworthy and it kind of fits this wacky crazy colorful world that they've created so i was actually fine with all the nonsense that, that chai has to say is it chi or chai what have we i can't remember what we decided chai, chai what have chai had to say and the responses and he's a goofball it's and i was like I, I can see this annoying people but personally because to me it came across as oh we know oh we know this is nonsense but this is the atmosphere of the game and it stuck to it. I was like, okay, I can accept this. If, you know, we use God of War as the example, if this was popping up in God of War, some of the lines, you'd be like, what is going on here tonally? But I do yeah. think that on that, on that from that perspective, it, it, it harkens back to the style and the look of it. Everything felt like it existed in this world and was obviously not real, but was, was consistent throughout. And that's the characters, the way that the story goes ahead. The, it's got a comedic slant throughout you know during the yeah. game in the cutscenes with the character interactions it will annoy people i think but i'm yeah. okay with playing the odd game that's like this and i want to see what you where you fell on that because comedy can be a double-edged sword you get it wrong and you get absolutely criticized for it you get it right and it's the best thing since i don't know the office uk version by the way i mean it's yeah i mean it's it's humorous i wouldn't say it's like gave me belly laughs there were times when it sort of just made me go okay, like a little bit like like maybe sort of just like smiled to myself but it's not you know it's humorous it's fine sometimes it does border on 
like either obvious or or like unobvious humor and it, mm. it it can be a little bit irritating but i was fine with it like it fits in as you say you kind of take it for it is you go it's a bit like tales of the borderlands where it's kind of like there's a bit of humor in there and it's okay like it's it's not taking itself too seriously at all times and um yeah i, I enjoyed it like mm. it, it on the whole i thought it fitted fitted in well um and i like playing something that didn't take itself too seriously because coming off the back of god of war which is obviously a, a, you know yeah a t- it's got humor but it's a serious game yeah um it's nice to play something a little bit less serious i think and, and light-hearted i agree you mentioned about the partners that you can call in throughout the game to aid you. What did you think? Of that I mean, it's a pretty easy mechanic to kind of drop in. Yeah. But as they add more of them, you can you can cycle through them. And actually, what I found towards the back end of the game is I was cycling through them and just doing massive damage all of a sudden. Um, and then yeah. by the time I'd got back to the first one, that was ready. I could almost just... I, at some point, was just using those to smash the absolute bits out of some of these enemies particularly the the higher enemy ones how did you find that mechanic kind of fitted in with it and it does add another layer of complexity because you go from you go from just attacking to dodging to parrying to having one companion to having well not companion to having one ally you can call into two to three like and they all have different perks and and whatnot how did you find that in the end or was it just at the point where he's like this is getting too complex as it is i need to just focus on it in this person in the head no, well, I just used to just spam them all in like every <laughs> ten, five, ten seconds, basically, and just don't just do damage. And they then, were highly effective. So. They were. It was. This is what I mean. I found a tactic. Yeah. And I was like, right, call these in, get rid of all the shields, do yeah. everything. Continually, I was just spamming LT, 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 get them in, get them, get, get them in, and then I'd just be going around, just bashing people with my X, and I'm going bam, 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 yeah, bam, yeah, constantly. Yeah. And that's that's what I mean. I found a way to to kind of not have to be too worried about the mechanics and it's kind of like i didn't want to get snarled up thinking okay i need to put him over there him over there her over there like i was just like get them all in and worry about after um yeah that's pretty much how i how i went with it i mean i'm fine with it but i just found myself because it chucks so much crap at you especially towards the end yeah. i was just chuck chucking it all in as oh, yeah. as i could basically spamming it that how was Mary's. The way I dealt with it. yeah, yeah. I, I did as well it's um a useful tool to have and you mentioned there there is there is like certain enemies that have shields or are immune until you can use use a specific companions um like specialist power i think one of them's got wind for example so you would use that on specific enemies that were weak to that or that had a shield up and then you could start attacking them and do damage I think one of the things that consistently frustrated me throughout the game was these kind of forced parry sections where there's an entire combat encounter dedicated to that and you have to get the you have to learn and what I mean by this I'll try and describe it it's 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 hopefully not too tricky sometimes you can parry in the game whenever you want you know an enemy might attack you and you might be able to parry and do some damage back on them however there are areas where the game will sort of go into this freeze mode. You'll go sort of one-on-one with that enemy and they will they will present you a beat to follow. It won't be the... It might be... That could be what they present you. Then it's your turn to copy that exact beat in time to parry their attack. If you successfully do it, you can kill the enemy off and it'll get rid of them. And then you've got to go... I don't know whether I was just bad at this, but some of these I just couldn't do. 
I, towards the back end, it got easier. Again, that maybe it's just because I finally started to get it. But like I said, there's one encounter in particular that's just dedicated to this whole mechanic, basically. Yeah. And I found that highly infuriating. And especially in the early goings of that parrying section, I found it annoying because I could never get it. And it's an opportunity just to get rid of a strong enemy quite easily. So I am... I don't know whether... The, oh, this sounds pathetic. Was it input lag? Probably not. But I just don't think... They just fell off to me. I don't know if you had the same experience or were actually okay yeah. with those four sort of parrying sections because they're mostly presented as an opportunity to kill something off early, but you squander it and you feel oh, done by it because they're still there lurking, piling shit on you. Yeah, I, I did sort of struggle with it a little bit earlier on but i think after that encounter that's dedicated to it i think i did enough there right that after that i got i got basically used to it yeah um but i didn't enjoy it and i think one of my frustrations throughout the game is the volume of what i would consider quick time events yeah, yeah. yes there's a lot yeah they are they are yeah. quick time events <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like, I, I, I just don't enjoy that i find it like the most basic form of gaming mechanic and it just doesn't engage me so yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy that. I think it's... I mean, I understand why it's there and it asks you to do so. I mean, it's a bit like Guitar Hero at times where you're doing things like in line with a beat that it shows you at the bottom as it goes along and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, you have to hit certain buttons by doing things with quick time events in a certain order. And it's... I was just like, why am I... I just want to hit the fucking button and get onto the next yeah. encounter. Like, why am I having to get snarled up here and do this three times? Yeah. Like, it just... There were some things in between battles where I just found myself just getting a bit like... Get on with it! Yeah, a little bit like, get on with it, yeah. Um, (laughs) Soured him. Yeah, it did a little bit. I I even texted you about that, saying these fucking quick time events. I was like, I'm getting really wound up with it. Indeed. I've got no more major points to discuss. Do you? Anything? No, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head, really. I mean, I, I liked the environment. I liked, you know, especially early on, I was, I, I liked the battles. As the game went on, I increasingly just found it as a spam fest. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it chucked some different mechanics at you, you say, with enemies with different weaknesses. But because there's so much of it going on in these fight phases, <laughs> I just found myself just being in spam mode. And yeah. On the final boss of the game, I was getting really annoyed. I was like. <laughs> Because it, it to do that well, you have to be good at the mechanics. Mm. And I was like, I'm just not getting this. And in the end, I just went in full spam mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I'm just going to do, I'm going to stop trying to adjust my play style here. Just and go. I'm just going to go full spam. Yeah. And that did it for me in the end. But I was like, I'm almost annoyed with the game and myself a little bit that it. <laughs> it made me resort to that because I was like, is that a failing as me? Is that a failing of the game? Is it a bit of both? Is it, you know, I don't know, but I just, I, I never felt like I was properly in tune with the game. No. I think is the way to, to put it. And that's probably as much on me as it is on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair comment. Did digital gaming gallery time. Yeah. What are we doing with this? Is it, does it, will it get in via your personal exhibition? You've got no. a, a chance. No. It, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong. Ninety out of hundred here. I just didn't. Aggregate open critic score. Ninety-four no, critic I, reviews. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I can accept a game has got has done well critically, 
and I can understand why. Right, if you're a, I'd probably say if you're a specific type of gamer, you'll love this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. for my personal taste and for what I enjoy, I enjoyed. I'd say the first half of it. I enjoyed the humour and the and the and the overall presentation of the game. But yeah. as it went on and I got locked in the cycle, I kind of just wanted to just get it done. And yeah. I just, I think that the second half of the game is the weaker part of it. And I think mm. that's just because it, it just becomes a little bit chuck shit at you. Overindulgent. I, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I feel it was like overly, as soon as I understood how it was going to have to work in going through all the bosses, I was a bit like, I know the work that's ahead of me here, but mm. I wanted to finish it. But at the same time, I found it a little bit grating. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, I had issues with it as I've communicated here. But there's something that was drawing me back in. It's you know, it is, it's stylish. It is energetic, pulsating at times. Has this kind of panache to it. Mm. It swaggers. It does. It's one of these games that kind of just swaggers to its own beat of the drum, for lack of a better term. It really does just say, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's the, 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 the style we're going for. And that was... That was appealing throughout most of the game. Um, I did never, I did only occasionally, I should say, feel like I got it. And it was in rare occasions and probably wasn't in the moment. There was no, it wasn't because it was the back end of the game and I was in the moment for the last third of it. It was random. Like suddenly it would come together and then it wouldn't. And I'd be like, I don't, know, I don't even know if what I'm doing here is correct. Um, but what I will say is it you know it's, it's stylish energetic it's pulsating i've got problems with it it has the has the panache that was kind of drawing me in it has cool moments it is unique but i was able to get through it mm. yes there were stressful moments but i get stressed with nearly every single game i play yeah i don't know one game that i've sat there and not gone at some point during the playthrough for whatever reason because it's winding me up or because I thought it should have been finished two hours ago and the fact that I could get through it I was once I finished it I was relieved I'll be honest and the length maybe it was a little bit overindulgent I've mentioned the problems of the pacing it needs some more zip outside of combat um, and the pacing is a little bit all over the place but it is, it's a cool game. It's a high-quality game as well, I'll say. That's also yeah, something that we didn't really talk about. It's a high-quality game. And I could get through it. I got through it. I'm glad I got through it. I'm going to give it a bronze because I think that there's there's something there. There was something there for me. You know, it's not going to probably make a game of the year list at all. But it is a high-quality game. It was. It's extremely stylish. It does have a unique kind of flavour to it. And either you'll get on with it or you won't. But even if you don't get on with it, you can find a way through. There is a path through this. And it may come with frustration. But as soon as I gave up the ghost of trying to be perfect at it, that kind of eased a lot of the annoyances I had. Um, and there were moments I got stuck, obviously. But again, I look at other games and I get stuck. Unless it's a narrative-based game where there's literally no progression blockers, I always get stuck at some point and you think, this is just bullshit, and that's the the term that usually comes out of my gob. But that's not unique to this game. That's that's pretty much common across every game I, I end up playing. So I was able to get through it, and I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm glad that 
it's getting all the all the plaudits from from a, from a selfish perspective because I like Tango Gameworks because they made the Evil Within. So I hope this gives them a lease of life. But for myself, I think a nice solid bronze for a high quality action game. If you're into these games, you will have I think you'll have a great time with it personally. Um in, in most cases, I had a, a a decent enough time. I enjoyed my time with it and a bronze feels appropriate to to drop it in there. Try and get some respect on that bronze tier, despite the criticisms. But again, we I think we spend most of our time criticizing games, and then it's easy to do, isn't it? But there's something there. There's there's there is something there. When the flow happens, it's it's exhilarating, and there's not really much else like it. High quality, cocky game. People won't like the cockiness of it, but I don't mind that now and again. My only concern going forward, yeah, I think we're gonna get high fire rush two at some point. Right. And my concern is they go, cool, they want more of that. Here's a 25-hour version of Hi-Fi. And I'm like, no. <laughs> don't don't take this these scores that you've got as a signal that we want 30-hour experiences like this. No. 10 hours, 15 hours tops, Tango. Or better yet, put all your resources into the Evil Within free because that's what we really want, don't we? That's what I want, selfishly. Game's a bit like Baby Driver, isn't it? Where it tries to be a bit like that. I haven't seen Baby. Oh, Driver. you know. All right. Well, what about the um, the pub scene in Shaun the Dead? Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I actually read that's where they got the inspiration from for that one. Yeah, yeah. But that um, makes sense. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. I think if I'd have played, if the first. If the, if the second half of the game, I enjoyed as much as the first, it'd get a bronze. Yeah. But I really found the second half of the game challenging. Not yeah. from a, like, it was challenging at times from a gameplay perspective, but even just from a engagement perspective, mm. I was getting a bit tired yeah. of it. And I think that is what has prevented it from me getting yeah. bronze. It's fair. I mean, it was, I think for a lot of, I think there's some people out there that will play as some completely be in that boat that's it is a bit of a i mean this this the, the aggregate score does not represent this at a 90 that's no. that's insanely high and um you know well well done for, for getting that but for me it was always it's a few definitely a few rungs down from that but nonetheless yeah. as an overall package did i was i glad i finished it and played through it? i think i think yes it has a lot to offer and it could have even more to offer for those that are fully engaged and able to to get into the flow of what it's requiring. But yeah. I was able to get through it, so it is what it is. Um, people will fall in love with this game, I have no doubts. And there's going to be other people that are closer to your opinion and some that are like me, where it's like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good, but it goes into the bronze category for me, so it sneaks its way in. Logan craps on Phil and a first-party game once again. The man who plays everyone on Xbox and he's crapping on Phil's library of games that are being shipped out to him. I don't. I, you see, I don't see it. If, I'm trying to be a bit more stricter with this dumping ground attitude. I agree. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just go. Oh, it was all right. Second go in. I'm kind of like if I. I just want to try and be a bit stricter. I think and like with Pentiment as well. Not not getting in. Of course, spoilers. You can't say that. <laughs> but. Uh, there's a couple of games where I'm like, mm, the second half is spoiling the first. Yeah. And if that's the case, if I don't, if I haven't enjoyed half the game, <laughs> how can it get in? How can it get in? Yeah. yeah. I, I want people to put more respect. Do you know what? When I finished the game, mm. I was on a bit of a high 
And initially in my head, I was like, that's silver territory. Mm. And then as the hours went on, I was like, mm, it's probably not. But this is actually right. a good example for me to put in the bronze to show that it isn't a dumping ground because the quality of this game could earn yeah, itself yeah. a bit higher. But then I spent, yeah. what, 40 minutes crapping on it. So, I, you know, I don't know where I stand now, but that's where I, that's where I, when I was analysing it in my head over the days and the hours, that's where I ended up on. So I think it, it may have got a bit of a raw deal here, but I think that's what people come for. They like their favourite games to be crapped on, and as they should be. But there you go. Anyway, Hi-Fi Rush gets itself a bronze for myself. Logan puts it in the bin, so those that are wandering around the gallery can see it. Uh, stuff that goes in the bin is never rectified, by the way. It just goes in the bin outside, and then, the, as we know, every Friday, the bin men come along and take it away. So that'll be it. And that's, uh, just one quick question. I we're overindulging yeah. ourselves here, much like you know, Tango Gameworks did at times. But Hi-Fi Rush 2 does drop on Game Pass in three years' time. Does it get picked up and played, or is it just, nope? Fool me once, shame on you. No, is it? Yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It depends what it's offering. <laughs> I think, and it would be largely the same, but I think I wouldn't want it just to be an extension of the story. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd have to see what other mechanics or whether you've got, you know, different musical beats. So it's, it, what's, what, what would it be offering? I think is the key. Um, More of the same, I, I suspect. Yeah, I know. I mean, in which case, it probably would get dropped. Fair enough. Well, that's the end of this edition of Idle Game Chat. Hope you enjoyed us talking to you about our video game lives. Uh, Twitch.tv slash DimpDigital is a place to go if you actually want to hear more of Logan because he is <laughs> often in Hall's Warzone or whatever multiplayer game he's playing in his party lurking along with some other colourful characters. So if you want to hear Hall and Peewee arguing throughout the day that's usually a good stream to pop into twitch.tv slash digital if you follow us there you can catch up on that and um i still haven't got into my schedule stream once a week keep putting it off so you may get that as well also if you've got twitch prime you can just sub to the channel for free on your side and we'll get half a beer out of it potentially after all the taxes and stuff have come off it probably a quarter beer now but we'll, we'll take it I mean, you, you're probably giving it to some massive Twitch stream that doesn't even give a fuck. So perhaps take your Prime subscription and give it to us. I don't know. Anyway, nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.